Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, it's Dave Fensom here with the final episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen Season 1. Yes, indeed, this is the final part of our 1990 journey. Uh, this is the second part of our two-part Best Of special, uh, where we go through our favourite personal albums of 1990. If you haven't heard part one yet, what the fuck are you doing here, guys? Go back, download that shit, listen to that shit, love that shit. Full of fire, man. Uh, thank you for the people who got in touch. Uh, Mike Collins, uh, uh, Cliff, we've got loads of people kind of giving us their top 10 albums up on the Facebook thread. If you uh, if you want to get involved with that, find us uh, over on, on Pop Collaborate Listen uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, man, I'm... I sound tired. My voice is going. Uh, I apologise for that. Uh, reason being, uh, it's Brighton Fringe, week three. I've done about 30-some gigs so far. I did 13 gigs this weekend alone. And my personal show, my, my, my new show, ADH Dave, has been going so well. It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, you know, the show still needs some work. It's, you know, three months away from Edinburgh. It's still very much a work in progress. But I've been filling the room every time. Really nice feedback. I mean, did have a bit of a prick in the room this week. Had to throw someone out. And a top tip for you, if you're coming to a, a show about mental illness, don't sit in the front row and be an asshole. Otherwise, you will get thrown out and the audience will cheer you leaving uh i don't understand why that's something you'd want to do but anyway each to their fucking own i guess anyway guys thank you so much for joining us uh, throughout this first season chris and i have been, you know it's fair to say overwhelmed by the response and the popularity of the podcast uh, we didn't expect it uh we're currently in the process of up gearing and getting ready to bring back even better sound quality for the second series uh so we're going to take a few weeks after this goes out we're hoping to be back with you kind of end of june early july time please don't unsubscribe leave everything in place get in contact with us as always with your feedback uh please leave us a review on itunes if you possibly can that's going to really help us uh while we're down for a few weeks if you can leave us a facebook recommendation Anyway, you've got of uh, uh, reviewing us. I want to say a big thank you to Niall, who, apropos of nothing, put a big uh, recommendation up on his Facebook for us. Uh, yeah, it was really touching, man. Thank you ever so much. Glad you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you for everyone else been in touch uh, with their, you know, kind of their, their top tens and all of that kind of stuff. Interacting, you guys are the absolute best. We will be back with you very, very shortly. Uh, for now, enjoy the rest of this episode. See you in a bit. <laughs> bonus episode of the pop collaborate and listen podcast this is our last episode of 1990 uh, we're going to be going on a short break after this one for a few weeks uh, while we catch up and enjoy our lives which we have given up to listen to 90s music you say enjoy your life you're doing 47 shows in 33 days for the brighton festival yeah, I mean, that's how I enjoy my life. Oh, okay, yeah. And then I'm going to be hammering nails into my testicles. <laughs> Just hammering them in there. Yep. You know what I mean? Ding, ding, oh, ding, ding. This ding. is fun. But yeah, so, okay, obviously, last week, if you were with us, uh, we did our top 10 numbers, 10 to 6 of uh, our personal favourite albums of uh, 1990. If you didn't hear that, I would suggest you go back and listen to that because it's, I mean, solid gold listening, I would oh, say. Oh, it's amazing. It's one of the best. So we're back this week to talk about Number five to number one, our very, very favourite albums of 1990. Uh, these are just purely personal choices of the albums that have stuck with us over the years. We didn't necessarily hear these albums at the time. We'll talk you through it as we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you were here last week, you've got the general gist, so we won't spaff on to it. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Okay, so Krista. Uh, well, actually, just be, uh, oh, yeah. out of interest, uh, yeah. because 10 to 6 on my list, mm -hmm. they were... Definitely the second half of the list, but I couldn't say that they were definitely in that order, and that's 100% what they will always be. Yeah. The top half, five to one, 
is more of a definite. Did you find that? Um, like, did you go, well, that's, uh, that's obviously number one. And that's obviously number two. No. No? This, no, was, this the, was a struggle for you. The, the problem I've got, and I'm fudging a little bit here, right? Mm. Number, my numbers three, two, and one, I are interchangeable to me. Really? On a different they're, they're day? All, they're all records that had an enormous impact on my life. Uh-huh. And they're all records that I will, that I've, I've already listened to this year multiple times. Yeah. And I will go back to and listen to the album in their entirety. Okay. Very important records. To me. Okay. So there's, there's not an absolute, this is obviously the best, the one from 1990 for me. This is the second best, it's the third. I would say, I would say five and four. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Five. That's a number five. That's a number four. Yeah. But then three, two, and one. I could argue. It's almost ruling it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're three very different records that I like for very different reasons. Yeah. Um, and when I listened back to them, I went, no, this has got to be number one. I right. Oh, yeah. And then I listened to the other one. I was like, I oh, know this. No, is this is what I see. Okay. This has got to be number one. So I've got an order, but, you know, if I were fudging this list more, uh, I'd be like, well, they're all joint number ones. I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. Because okay. there's no fun. But anyway. Okay. No, right. I'm just interested to know if you had. If, if it had stood out to you, but you're in a great big ball of brilliance at the top. You know, yeah, exactly. That. Okay. I'm, I'm a big shiny dome of <laughs> spaces. Um, oh. Right. So, okay, what's your number five? My number five yeah. is Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted. Huh. Let me just shock you. Oh. That's also my number, number five. five. Right, number okay. five. Right, okay. Oh, my God, this record. Yeah. I had wanted, I had in my list that I showed you of, like, what, I'm, yeah. these ones I'm thinking of, I had Kill It Will as well. Yeah. But you pointed out rightly, that's an EP, really. Yeah, the mini album you, you can't ever. See, look, we didn't give you a hard time over your over your Mud Honey no. EP, right? Yeah. But if we were allowing EPs, then we would have uh, the Hundred Miles and Running EP. In sure. This. Yeah. And that have yeah. knocked something off of my list. Sure. So. So no, but you're right. So I didn't go with that, but I absolutely am going with America's Most Wanted. So this is the first Ice Cube solo record after he left NWA. Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean. Because the, the the NWA album was eighty eight, wasn't it? That the first uh, Compton, yes, eighty eight, yeah. and obviously they toured that for a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. But then he decided he wanted to do his own thing, and there was all acrimonious bitchiness. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can get you can get the uh, the cliff notes of that from watching uh, from what straight out Compton. Compton. Sure. So this was his statement of yeah. still take me seriously. I'm still a fucking badass. Exactly yeah. that, and exactly this is my response that. to leaving NWA. Yeah, because mm. obviously Ice Cube felt he wasn't getting his dues. He was the main lyricist within NWA. So obviously, years later, Ice Cube would be the whole part of this West Side Connection thing mm. where everything was as West as West can be and it was him and WC and all this. Yeah. But actually, let's not forget that for his first solo record, he went way out East, hit up the prom squad. Yeah. I guess the East Coast, West Coast thing hadn't really hit in such a way that it was... An enormous kind of... Well, uh, it wasn't as commercially viable to say you were part of a, a West Coast, East Coast thing at that point, was sure, it? Sure, no. It, you know, it wasn't... You know, we weren't in that in that war yet, so mm. it wasn't like everyone lost their mind. But, you know, it very, very different. Going from one of the one of the best producers on the West Coast, you know, from Dre, Dre yeah, yeah. working with the Bomb Squad. This record came out, and obviously a very, very, very different sound to the NWA stuff. Sure. But abrasive as fuck, right? Oh, God, this is hard as nails, this album. And Ice Cube is absolute ire and anger the whole way through. Oh, man, he is so pissed off in this record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And obviously some of that is him proving himself, proving a point about... I'm the best bit of MWA and they lost me and I'm still right to prove how fucking brilliant I am. But he was also, you know, he was talking about different shit that was going on at the time in the same way that he had done with NWA and was just a new level of that. Exactly. And, you know, they'd been... Uh, he'd heard the little diss that there was in the... Uh, in uh, 100 Miles Running. Running. Yeah. And so you got the comeback to that on this record, which is the message to the Oreo cookie. Mm-hmm. No matter how much they switch, this is what you think about you. And it's got that big sample from uh, Do the Right Thing, you know, where it's with the, the racial epithets. Oh, God, yes. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not doing it. No. For <laughs> yeah. Obvious reasons. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the first track on this album was, um, yeah, you know, you, you kind of start off with that first track, Bear Off Dead, which right. is just basically him on his way to the electric chair. Yeah, yeah. You've got that kind of big, like, kind of horror synth in it and stuff like that. And then just cracks into uh, uh, the N-word you love to hate. Uh-huh. Uh, and then America's Most Wanted. Honestly, it's got a load of guest stars on it. It's got a few. I mean, he, he obviously was respected enough that he was able to pull some people in. Yeah. Yeah. This is hard as fuck. That's the thing. I, that's what I love the most about this album, is that production-wise, you know, as we've spoken about before, the second NWA album mm-hmm. has the elements of the G-Funk thing coming in, and then Dre, obviously, do, was straight into that, and then yeah. Snoop, etc. And that's where I went off the sound, but this sort of sound is exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And whenever he came out with this, I remember I, I got the seven inch of America's Most Wanted itself because I was fucking, bam, that is hard as shit, man. Yeah, man. That is just crazy, brutal in your face. And it was the sort of thing I wanted from hip hop in 1990. It was just perfect for me. I mean, there were so, just so many memorable bits in this um, I mean when I was trying to pick a track for this mm-hmm. there's so many different things I could have there's picked. a few yeah you were between. I mean I, I will, will say my track pick for this is America's Most Wanted Itself okay. because it was the first one I heard I bought it and it's the one that switched me to this definitely yeah. so that's the one that stuck with me and it still I would say stands up to being one of the best tracks on here you know that's the one I would play to people go yeah this is what this album is check this shit out <laughs> tracks on this record so mm-hmm. it's you know 16 tracks 49 minutes yeah there's a couple of skits and stuff yeah a few yeah. skits in here but I'm looking at this and there's at least five or six things that I could add yeah. I think I'm gonna go with Once Upon a Time in the Project really Once Upon a Time in the Project yo, yo. I damn near had to wreck a hoe I knocked on the dope it's Ice Cube come to pay a little visit to you and what's up with them niggas in the parking lot She said fuck them Cause they get sparked a lot I sat on the couch But it wasn't Once upon a time in the projects It's him telling the story He's going he's to He's going to pick up a girl mm-hmm. She lives in a crack house A crack house gets raided He's there Like he doesn't want anything to do with it Right Yeah uh, You know he's wearing a t-shirt That says I'm, I'm dope Yeah and So they think he's trying to sell And it's just like a whole It's just a really interesting story About something that I knew nothing about Okay sure You know Alright Yeah you because know, I mean The one thing we haven't mentioned I mean I I have this album The day it was released Really Yeah The day of release this record Lovely. Had singles before it was released Yeah Loved this record Right Love this record. I mean, but you know, I was tempted to go for a gangster's fairy tale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is just him repurposing character. You know, you know the song. He's repurposing uh, fairy tale characters to tell this horribly explicit ghetto anthem. Sure, it's, it's a know? cartoon. To the man who's really important, live down a street in the edge. Or brilliant, love that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Could have gone out for you know. I mean, uh, the, the track with Chuck D on it, Endangered Species. Like the, the the track is great and it fits fine mm-hmm. on this on this Ice Cube record, right? And you know he, he tells his story and it's fine and then it goes. Here we come, so. Yes, mate. Oh my god, that is fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's up to another level than Chuck Hunter. Oh, well, yeah, he's, he's the best. I guess if uh, Funkadelic's up, standing on the bridge again, you know. That's it, yeah. Yes, oh my god, that's like... <laughs> That's what I love about those little bits and pieces. Like, they just drop the sample in and it 
just sits in the flow. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh my god, yeah. it's so beautifully fucking done. Good. That moment, that's that's one of my favourite moments on any hip hop record. Is that right? Yeah, just that moment with that. Uh, that, that bam! Thing. Yeah. I, I love that verse. I love the way that verse comes in. I love the way it completely changes gear. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that Ice Cube lets himself get demolished of his own <laughs> But he obviously had huge respect for Chuck D. Yeah. So he's like, okay, yeah, go for it, man. You do you, because you, you, you're only going to be good. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll diss him for it later, though, down the years. You know, like, yeah, yeah. First, first solo one by my that East Coast dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Hey, so calls boys, I'll give you love, especially the one knows answer king son. Um anyway. Cool. Okay, but you're sticking with Once Upon a Time in the Projects for the playlist, yeah? Once Upon a Time in the Projects for the playlist, yeah. Alright, okay. Great tune. Great tune. Uh, well there you go. Fucking brilliant album. Uh I'm glad we're both we both have that in our top five. That's that's proof yeah, of how good that shit five, is. Yeah. yeah. I mean I feel like we should high five each other in us today. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, we turned into a real fucking bro say here. Let's do yeah. some brewskis, broski. <laughs> let's chug a lug of brewski. Oh, oh one of which should have a small monkey as a pet. Pass. Waffles. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Right, okay. So, Christopher, what is your number four? My number, number four is Pop Lead Itself's Cure for Sanity. Okay. Yeah. And... I count this again as one of the albums I bought at the time and played to death. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, fucking side one, straight to side two, back to side one again. Loved it. Uh, it was the first time I'd really heard that sampling stuff going on. Not obviously hip hop sampling, yeah. but in uh, what would be a keyboard indie band sort of style. Yeah. I'd, I'd had their previous album, This Is The Day, This Is The Art, This Is This, but this was the one for me this was my popular stuff album. Yeah. You know, this is the one I, I got most and meant the most to me. I loved every single thing about it. It was it was hip hop, it was scuzzy indie, it was a little bit, you know, spacey, it was mm-hmm. out there. Every single bit of it of futuristic, you know, shit that I didn't know what they were talking about. Loved it. Lovely yeah. start to finish. Um, in, in the same way as we just talked about Ice Cube had like skits in it as well to link the album together. That's the first time I'd heard a non-hip hop band do that. They had bits nice. in between songs where it was like, it's only 30 seconds and it's basically just the funky drummer beat and a couple of movie samples. Yeah. But it linked into the next thing. Uh, right. So uh, uh, it's so good. And there's another one that whenever I started going to indie clubs, when I was 16 probably... I would hear all of these songs mm-hmm. and they were brilliant for a dance floor. They were properly sure. made for throwing yourself around the place and, you know, just bouncing off the wall with a cheap beer in your hand. Nice. Yeah, man, it was so good. I think we talked briefly about them various times about how you would have been into them at the time if you'd yeah. gone down a different route. This is probably the album that would be most, I think, up your street. And I, again, I've mentioned it before, but the song that I'm going to put onto the playlist is Dance of the Mad Bastards. Dance of the Mad Bastards. Yeah. Clinton Graham from the from the pop is just rapping off each other really uh, fast, non-stop. It's, it's a real juggernaut train of a tune that doesn't let up, and it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. I, I'm looking tomorrow. I'm going to put this playlist on tomorrow. Mm. Listen to it while I'm driving around. Yeah, there's a lot of good shit. Uh, when I say driving around, I'm just losing my mind about my show not being <laughs> Yeah. Tomorrow. But, I, but there was, there's another other ones I could have put on here because this is an album for me of big songs. Mm-hmm. Other albums that they have, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't say have the same hit rate. Right. But that's probably because this is my popular self album. Yeah. So I could have had never X, forget, Y, and Z. You never forget your proper first. You know? Oh, totally. This is this is the one for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I could have done X, Y, and Z. Could have done Chickaly. Could have done Ninety Two Degrees. But fucking. Play it mad, DJ. Play it bad, DJ. All the way hyped. That's fucking brilliant. That's Dance the Mad Bastards. Love it. Fair enough, mate. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I wish I had more of an opinion, I do. No, it's... it's but, yeah. And who knows? You know, people will be listening to this going, 
Number four? Really? Is that you know? Is yeah, that but, really but, good? You know what, we're, we're not, we're not me, trying to. We're not. That, that's the point of this, right? Mm. You know, the, the the point of this whole podcast is right. We're listening to what everyone else was listening to. Yeah, right. That's that's the point. But this is this is what we kind of took away from it culturally. Yeah. This is what gets me excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, fair fucking play to you. Yeah, uh, and I can see how excited you oh, are. It really does. I, I absolutely love it. And, and I, it's the sort of thing. Whenever I was going through and making this list, just listening to some of these tracks again, I was like, "Oh, fucking brilliant, man!" And this is so uh, good. Uh, this is the thing about this podcast in general. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I love it when music elicits an opinion in you. Mm-hmm. And the thing that makes me most annoyed about music in general. Is when it feels like someone doesn't give a fuck, right? Yeah, or it's lazy. No, you you do. You hate that shit. Yeah, it's when someone doesn't respect because making music for people is a privilege. Mm-hmm. If you if you're there and you have the opportunity to get something out, and people are going to hear it. Put your heart and make soul it in good, it, man. Put your heart and soul in it. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's my number four. Yep. What are you saying? My number four is Alice in Chains facelift. Oh fuck! Right. Okay. Oh my god. Shit. I, look, Alice in Chains are one of my favourite bands of all time. Yes. I really, 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 really love Lane Staley's voice. Oh, it, that, it, he's got one of the best voices in like rock. It's yeah. brilliant. And just the fragility, the tragedy of his whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that, you know, the thing that made him brilliant was the thing that was always going to kill him. Right. You know, that, yeah. that kind of self effacement from the start. Yeah. You know, that just kind of complete, you know, I mean, I, I don't believe in elegizing addiction mm-hmm. it's, it's it, you know it's an illness it's a disease mm-hmm. uh, I believe you know I believe wholeheartedly that, that drug addiction is a public health problem mm-hmm. and uh, you're not a criminal matter sure always believe always always believe that I've never seen anything that convinces me otherwise I don't like romanticizing junkies sure you know? yeah because yeah, yeah. people that need but Jesus Christ if anyone ever turned that into like kind of these beautiful heartbreaking stories later on when they get to like kind of the acoustic record Jar of Lies yeah I mean those songs are heart rendering they are and this obviously this is the first record it's it, it has a chance we got kind of lumbered in with that grunge sound of course because you know because of coming out of Seattle and realistically looking back on this you know if you say that Mud Honey was a grunge record yeah this doesn't have that much in common with that. Not, not sign-wise, no. It's a rock yeah. album of that time. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, you know, like them and Soundgarden, they're, they're Sabbath-influenced rock bands, yeah. really. They're influenced by those big, riffy... You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're prototypical stoner rock, really. Right. But, you know, the thing that separated Alice in Chains always, for me, was Lane Staley's vocals... Yeah. Uh, Jerry Cantrell's vocal harmonies mm-hmm. that go in with those which you are very difficult to, it, it wasn't until I think the Black Gives Way to Blue record oh, came, yeah. which is the obviously the one that's posthumous to Lane Stanley, Yeah, and you heard Jerry Cantrell's voice working with William Duval who's the new singer right. and you re- that's kind of I guess if you're not a super expert that's when you first realise how much impact that other voice has on those okay. records yeah. Um well, it certainly was for me anyway. I don't speak for anyone else. No, no, of course. But yeah, this this record is just full, like full of tunes. I mean, you've got Man in a Box on here. Right, but this was this was their debut, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. This, so this is this is them fresh new band. Yeah. Uh, making a statement. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm the Man in a Box. What a fucking tune! Mm. I bleed the freak. Mm-hmm. What? A, I mean, again, I've listened to this album, put this album on, and you know, this kind of record has not had as many plays in recent years for me yeah. as some of the others. And as I listened to this, I went, why have I not been listening to this record? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's so, so good. It's, it, it's you know, pe- people hold up Dirt as the classic. And, there, you know, sonically, it is a progression in a lot of ways. But And it's got more of the big hits on it, Dirt. I mean, it has, but I mean, f- you know, only because they didn't get as much airplay, really, I think. Because if you look at Facelift and you go, right, we're like... Uh, Man in a Box, Sea of Sorrow, Bleed the Freak, I Can't Remember, Love, Hate, Love, you know, Put You Down. These are all enormous songs. Mm-hmm. Enormous songs. Any one of those could have been could have been singles. Right, okay. And 
I've listened to them over and over again. I just love them, love them dearly. Okay. But I mean, I'm pick, picking the song on here was difficult, but I think yeah. just because of how heartbreakingly prescient the lyric for it is, we die young. Because, right. you know, fucking his entire generation did. Who's left? Yeah. Like the, you know, yeah. Was, the, 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 better. That, yeah, that entire generation of singers is gone. Right. You know, like, you know, obviously, it depends how you categorise, but, you know, Kurt Cobain's gone. Yeah. Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell's gone. Lane Staley's gone. Uh, you man from... Uh... Mother Love Band? Yeah. You got yeah. Andrew Wood from Mother Love Band. Yeah, yeah. Gone. Uh Matey from Stone Temple Pilots, Scott Violent, oh, yeah, Scott sure. Island. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, that is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. But somehow Tad's still going. I know, what? But anyway, yeah, fucking a disproportionate amount of them are dead. No, that is true. Yeah. No, when, you, when you do, you list them off, that is a lot of the, yeah. that swathe of bands who came through in the early 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my, okay. that's my song. Again, not a, not a happy... I think a lot of these choices are saying a lot about my angsty teenage <laughs> Right, sure. Um, but yeah, it was such a such a beautiful record. Cool. Okay. Was that the presumably it wasn't the first Alison James album you heard? Was it? Did you hear Dirt first? No, I heard. I, I you know I heard I heard Dirt and then went back. Yeah. Quickly. You know this this was a time when I was consuming records just voraciously. Mm, though, sure. You know, just getting hold of stuff left, right, and centre. So well, yeah, so it's probably in the same uh, kind of bracket as the Primus one that wasn't readily available. Facelift mm. wasn't. You know the one that was on all the shelves, was yeah, it? No, you're right. But I mean, like we had, uh, you know, the the way that that whole thing worked around our group is someone someone would get a record that nobody else had, and then we would all have it. Yeah, so, yeah, of course, yeah. That's just how that was. It was, you know, yeah. one, you know, one CD would come, and everyone would have that record, and you'd get into it. And if you really loved it, then you'd you'd get, you'd it. get it another time. Yeah, sure. and you know, I mean, I might do my thing. I went on holiday when I was seventeen. I went to the states, and I spent about like 300 quid on CDs <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I came back with about 40 CDs which is mm. ridiculous oh yeah as you'd be like a kid in the candy shop without yeah, like, everything you read about and exactly. heard on Headbangers Ball or whatever yeah nice cool okay so that's number four for you yeah, yeah so what's your number three Mr. Gray my number three is Sonic Youth's Goo oh yes and this would have been the first Sonic Youth album I'd heard Right. Yeah. I wasn't particularly aware of them at all mm-hmm. before this, uh, but again, I had friends who knew the band, and I think had probably got into them around Daydream Nation, the previous yeah. album. I had not at all. And to be honest, if, some, if someone had tried to give me songs from Daydream Nation to get into, I would have had a big skip on that. Yeah. But Goo is right up my street. Yeah. You know, it is the Sonic Youth album. That is perfect for me. Mm-hmm. It is big riffs. Uh, it's like yeah, that scuzzy guitar sound, but it's actually got the tunes to hold it all together. It's not just some art wank, and it's not just a little bit of noodling over there and yeah. some weird lyrics going on. It's got song, 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 and you know, right from the opener, uh, "Dirty Boots." I heard that and was like, yeah, I want to know more about this. Yeah. I want to hear the rest of what these guys are doing, and the whole album. Just goes for it. It's 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 a massive influence on the that nineties alternative sound. Yeah. You can hear it if you go if you if you think about it. If you think you know all these other bands came after this album, you go, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's absolutely huge well, influence. I mean, absolutely. And look, I've got. I'm ashamed to say I've got a bit of a blind spot when it comes to Sonic mm-hmm. Youth. Uh, in the when I was I, sometimes. You run into the wrong record at a point in your exploration, and it closes a door for you. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and I think, I think the the Sonic Youth record that was about when I was like, okay, I know I know of Sonic Youth. No one's given it to me, so I'll go, I'll go and investigate. It was the builds in builds in the heather. Oh, I remember hearing it, and it was very very dissonant, and it was yeah. Um, it was, I think, beyond 
where I could have found it at that time. And I must admit, I probably didn't investigate as much as I should. And realistically, sitting here now, I've got no excuse for not knowing a lot of Sonic Youth in the way I did, other than, you know, I've got ADHD. Mm. And sometimes if I look at a body of work as big, it's the same thing we had to say with the, the fall. Yeah. I find that intimidating. And I, do you know what? I'm going to set myself a bit of a personal mission to go and investigate more Sonic Youth. Oh, right. Because. Well, I would say this would be the album to do it. I think Goo okay. is going to be the one that you will enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, one, the, the album after this, which was Dirty, I think, is also similar, yeah, uh, and most similar to this, and really good. Actually, to be honest, my favourite Sonic Youth album is one called Murray Street, uh-huh. which wasn't until I think the early two thousands, and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. It is full of really kind of slow, lovely, long drifting tunes, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. But it's not. It's totally different to this. But you might like that as well because I know you you love a bit. It, it's interesting atmospheric shit like that. See, I, I have absolutely no doubt at all that I that, that Sonic Youth are one of my favourite bands. I haven't listened to. Fair yet. enough. Uh, I'm, I, I'm aware of it, and it's it, it, it's it's one of those, it's just one of those things that you know the longer you know the you know like where there's the bloke at work whose name you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and the and the longer it goes, it's just, it just becomes hard to ask it. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix that. But yeah. Okay. Mm. So so what's your what's your song from so this? So my song from this, realistically, you know that there are a few. It could be Dirty Boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the opening track, and it, it got me. But it has to be cool through. Exactly, that's the one you know. It's got Chuck D on it. Uh, it's got Kim Gordon saying, "When are you going to liberate us girls from male white corporate oppression?" Yeah, and it's got a beast of a riff in it. Nice. So that's that's going to be the one. You know that that I think is one that I could play to people who didn't know Sonic Youth at all and go, "Here you go, you like this," yeah. and they'll like that. Okay. I think it's fucking brilliant. All good. Fair so enough. That's my number three, man. That's number three. Okay, so now we're into my top three. Yep. As I say. These are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, so I feel like I by putting this at number three, I'm almost doing this record a disservice. Okay. Because I do love this record. Right. But I'm going to go with... Um, Señores y señoras, nosotros tenemos más influencia con sus hijos que tú tienes. Pero los queremos... Creado y regado de Los Angeles. Juana's Addiction. And you're in. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Here we go! (laughs) (laughs) My god. Yeah, Richard DeLobitchell, Jane's Addiction. Okay. My god, what a record this is. Yeah. Here you got Jane's Addiction coming out of Hollywood. The thing I've always found really interesting is this symbiotic relationship between James Addiction and Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. On one side, you've got, you know, a band representing the kind of the, the kind of scuzzy, nihilistic glorification of everything that's bad about that Hollywood lifestyle, right? Kind yeah. of super sleazy strip thing. And then on the other hand, you've got James Addiction, kind of probably a bit more smelly, aren't they? Oh you know god, I mean? yeah. Dreadlocks. Everyone's involved with heroin. Everyone's enjoying heroin. Sure. But coming with these, coming at everything from this slightly different direction. Everything's about positivity and love okay. in so many ways. And Perry Farrell is just so emphatic on this record. Right? Yeah. And then you've got, you know, I mean, I, I love Perry. I mean, I'm always drawn towards Frank Memphis and I love Perry Farrell on this record. And the delivery of everything he says on this record, you just like, I just want to believe him. Yeah. Even though he's probably a bellend junkie, I just want to believe that he's his version of the world is right. Okay. And then back that up, you've got probably the best drummer of his generation. Oh, he's Steve incredible. Birkins. Oh, incredible. Like, you know, and like, not not just a drummer, but a percussionist as well. Right, okay. So many good little percussive bits on this. And, you know, you, obviously the underrated uh, uh, man in... In Jane's Diction is Eric Avery, but there is some fucking wonderful bass playing on here. Okay. And then you've got Dave Navarro. 
And Dave Navarro sits in this band who are kind of like almost an art rock band in so many ways, mm. but he's as big a show off and wanker as anyone in any of those <laughs> pop rock bands. Right. There with his fucking top off looking like Ming the Merciless. Sure. But just with these blazing guitar sounds, man. Like just these ridiculous riffs. Big performance. And, but this. Uh, this James Addiction record, this you know, this for me is just where they hit. Yeah, everything perfect. You've got you know four minute brilliant kind of pop rock dance floor hits. Mm-hmm. Then you've got massive ten minute long odysseys. Sure, yeah. You've got you've got everything on here. You you've got messages that you can buy into and that are challenging the status quo, and that are you know, man, let's let's all just kind of look after each other and stop being dicks. Right, it's hippies. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a bunch of uh, LA hippies. Yeah, you're right. It's hippies, but they're angry hippies. Mm. And the, and the, I just I love this record so so dearly. And I think if you want if you've never listened to this record and you want to get a feel of it, obviously you'll have possibly heard the singles. But mm. for me, there's three tracks on this that that run it in order on the record that are one of the it, one of the all time three great tracks in a row okay. on the record. Okay? Right. It goes from ob- track four, obvious, right? W- which is this great big open tune about kind of people looking down on other people, right? Right. Um, then it goes from that into Bing Court Stealing. Uh-huh. Just, I mean, you know, Bing, you know, Bing Court Stealing, glorious three minute ode to shoplifting. Indeed, yeah. But the most poppy thing on the record, that big dog sample in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, exactly, and huge drums on that. As yeah. Well. And then from there, it goes into Three Days, which is 11 minutes long. It's big and cinematic. Right, yeah. Just full of changes and emotion. And you hear those three songs, it's like, they're all so different and they're all next to each other and they all make this record exactly what it is. Right, okay. That Uh, is experimenting, but uh, it gels. Yeah. I love this record so, so much. Is this another one that you, not at the time, whenever you had it, just killed it by playing it? Yeah, I yeah, mean, my, over my, and over and my, over. my friend Ian uh, Cherry mm. uh, lent me this record. And he was, I mean, he's, you know, was and probably is the biggest James Addiction fan, or well, certainly of this era of James Addiction that, that I've ever met. Right. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I just listened to this well, over well, and over and over again. And, you know, this this has been a record that's never been far from my, you know, from, from my ears ever since. Right. You know, so from 1992, I, I listened to this record regularly uh, and you know the other James Dictions as well but no, but, but this is the one this is this is my favourite for you of course nice uh, but yeah so here you go so I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the track Obvious okay Just because I thought it's called obvious and it's not the obvious track. Nice, okay. And I got uh, you that, done. That, that appeals to my sense of summary. sure. So yeah, there we go. Excellent. Right. Okay. So that's uh, that's your number three. Yes. And like you say, another day that might be number two, might be number one. Yeah. But we're saying number three. Next one for me, number two is the Breeders Pod. Okay. Which you this before, I have yeah. I, I have uh, pontificated about this on a previous podcast. I think it is perfection in that in what it is. It's a it's that early nineties indie sound. It's an Albini production. He made them do most of it just live, a couple of takes mm-hmm. to get that raw feel. And it was the ideal mix of Pixies, you know, Kim Deal yeah. is is, you know, it's, it's kind of her side project with Tanya Donnelly of Throwing Muses and it sits beautifully between those two mm-hmm. but and I've already had Bossa Nova in this list I honestly think this is a better album than Bossa Nova and I think this is possibly better than any Pixies album for me wow you know okay. I I, big, I I know, know how big of a Pixies yeah no I love so. I do I love the Pixies but I think this album is fucking genius and part of it is going to be because I heard it at the time, or maybe early 91, and something about it just got me instantly, and it's never let go. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's 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 stripped down. It's not overly trying to be you know clever or anything like that. It's only thirty minutes long. Twelve songs, thirty minutes. One of them's a Beatles cover. It was the first time I ever heard "Happiness Is a Warm Gun." Right, and for me that is now the definitive version because that's the first time I heard sure. it. But they so fucking cool, and the songs are all brilliant. That you know they are, they all have a hook to it that. You go away loving what just happened. Yeah, I'm sold, man. I'm gonna listen it, to it. It is great. It's, it's laconic. It's raspy. It, I mean, as a 15 or 16 year old, whenever I heard it, it was sexy as fuck yeah. because it's these two incredibly cool women singing about stuff. I don't know what the fuck that means. I mean, to be fair, that like, when I was 15, this desk would have been fairly. Well, sexy. true enough. Yeah. So I mean, he's blowing blow me the wrong way. <laughs> um, and you know, Kurt Cobain listed this as one of his favorite records as well. Whenever oh, really? he was put, he was talking about it. He said this was just brilliant. Uh, it's effortlessly cool, and you know, in the same way as some of these other uh, albums we've talked about in this one, thirty minutes long. That's fucking brilliant. You can't get bored of that. No. That's genius. And to me, they never were this good again. Uh, the next album was Last Splash. Which was a very different sound. You, you know Cannonball, obviously, from yeah, that. It doesn't all sound like Cannonball. It's not all that clean. But they never sounded like Pod again. But that was partly also because Tanya Donnelly left. Right. Uh, she went and did Belly. In fact, what happened was uh, she brought a load of songs to the Breeders. Yeah. But they didn't record them. It, it turned out it was obviously much more of a Kim Deal project. Okay. So she was the lead singer on all the songs. And they're her songs. Tanya Donnelly helped and played, mm-hmm. but then Tanya Donnelly went and did Belly, and those are the songs she was going to do with the Breeders. So it didn't sound like that. And it really is a shame that that was the way that it worked between those two, because there is no joke that's Donnelly or no Donnelly. What? Deal or no deal. Oh, fucking yes, mate. It would have worked. Yeah, that, would have been, that would have been perfect. Tell me. Tell me. For me, this is, this is my number two, and I... I still put this as one of my favourite records of the 90s, never mind 1990. Okay. I, well, do. I, put, it, I put it up that I'm, high. I'm going to listen to it. I, I will mm. uh, certainly, while we're taking this break, I will listen to this album wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think there's a lot you'll get from this, I do. Um, and in terms of choosing what would be my favourite, it's tough because I do love so many of these. Um, I almost went for Iris, I almost went for Hellbound, but I'm plumping for Limehouse. That is a really nice distillation of what this album sounds like. Right. And it is a terrific song. So that's what it is. It's, it's Limehouse, Breeders Pod, number two. Done. Wunderbar. Okay, now, uh, my number two. Yep. You've already mentioned it. Oh. It was your number nine in the last podcast. Ah, okay. And it's going to be Violated by Depeche Mode. Right. Now. Right. If you haven't listened to the Violator podcast, I recommend you go back and do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, one of our most popular podcasts. That was, yeah, absolutely. We've got one of the most downloads of yeah. everything. So, I mean, I, I will paraphrase very quickly. Mm. You know, this, this album is is dark and sexy and it's mm-hmm. cool and it's just it just keeps on giving. It's sonically lush and deep and yeah. beautiful. It's lyrically interesting. It just builds a mystique around the band. You want to know more. Yeah, and the songs. You know, the songs just sound as fresh today as they ever did. That is definitely true. Whenever we did the podcast on it, I hadn't listened to that album in years. Because yeah. I'm not as big a fan of it as you yeah. are. But it turned out when I listened to it again, it absolutely sideswiped me. I was like, fucking hell, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it stayed great. It did. It sounded like this could have come out two years ago easy yeah I mean I'm, I'm not going to say too much about this record because we, we've recorded a whole yeah, podcast yeah. on it and you know let's not retread too much old water um, for this one I'm just going to have to go with the obvious choice I'm going with personal Jesus reach out touch faith
there are other things I could have gone with. Mm-hmm. But it's a huge yeah, song. It, it's, it's it's a fucking monster. Yeah, song. It, it absolutely is. Mm. Uh, and I would I, I would be deliberately being a contrarian. If I <laughs> okay. Like it. So that's why I'm going. You're going with that, uh, right? Well, well, you're doing personal Jesus. Yeah. Because I thought I was going for the obvious one. Ah, okay. I'm going with enjoying the silence. Words like violence break the silence. Come crashing in into my little world. And I thought that was the one that because when you think well, for me when you think of Violator I think of that song right and it's beautiful it's fucking stunning and that for me again is one of the ones that has not aged at all no that is beautiful crystalline timeless and you know there are other songs that we could have put on here oh like, yeah I would have been quite happy with um, World in My Eyes mm-hmm. love that song um, uh, Policy of Truth Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah Policy yeah. of Truth, I'd have been more than happy with. Yeah. Such a good, good song. No, this is the thing. Was it 11 songs on there, is it? Yeah. 12? Okay, maybe not Blue Dress. Yeah, not, blue, not blue Dress. But honestly, every other one of those, I'd be happy to hear at any point in time. Exactly. Yeah. It, Clean. It, fucking great. Yeah, oh, my God. Cleanest I've been. Halo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, again, this could have quite... In my original draft of this list, mm-hmm. I had this at number one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I, and, you know, that's, Actually, that's it doesn't thing. surprise me because you were so keen to do yeah. a podcast on it. Yeah. and I, It was, you know, means a lot. Honestly, any one of these... Each one of these records that are in my top three mm-hmm. are pivotal records for me. Sure, okay. For a different reason, in terms of like, like I say, this Depeche Mode was probably the record that launched that kind of r- real kind of synthy, dark kind of gothy side of my sensibility. Yeah, the James Addiction stuff opened up my eyes to all kind of this kind of the, the broader world of alternative music and the yeah. and different kind of political views and different world views right yep um, and the f- record that I'm imagining that we both have well if you you've not mentioned one. it yet so I'm sure that we both are agreeing on number one yeah of course man so you know um, our, our number one record is going to be Public Enemies Fear of a Black Planet okay, right yeah there you go I knew it was going to be in your top five anyway yeah. I'm very happy it's your number one yeah I mean it's one of my all time favourite hip hop records same here yeah. yeah, and it's it's really weird because the way that hip hop has changed, it's almost it's almost not hip hop in some ways now, isn't it? Uh, well, it's not in the way that I view hip hop, but that's because I'm a fucking stuck in the mud. Yeah, and you know, I started liking stuff in eighty nine, ninety, and that's yeah. my favourite kind of era. It's like you know, to me, Public Enemy almost exists in and of its this era of Public Enemy. It, it it's almost its own thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I well, they, they were an absolute force to be reckoned with. They were out there on their own. This record, man, like the first track on here, Contracts of the World Love Jam, mm-hmm. instrumental track. Yeah, love it so much. Straight into Brothers Gonna Work It Out. Yes, what a tune that is. Oh, yeah, it, it is. And you know, they obviously they have that penchant for doing an instrumental kind of cut up track mm-hmm. into just a massive track, too. You know exactly where you're going, and yeah, Brothers Gonna Work It Out, boom. Smashes you in the face. Nine exactly. One is a joke. Boom. But yeah. Like a genuinely good flavour flavour track. Who'd have thought it? Yeah, exactly. Who'd have fucking yeah. thought that? But like, as you mentioned before, this is, you know, this is Bomb Squad writ large over everything. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, everything came together so perfectly on this album. Yeah. You know, my God, flavour flavour actually holds it together to a track. But you got, the production is sublime. Yeah. It is full sounding. It's huge in your face it's angry and it's dense there's so much going on and then you've got Chuck on you know the best form he can be absolutely it's like on all cylinders and and that's the thing I've had this debate with people a lot of times a lot of people will disagree obviously Nation of Millions has probably got more iconic Chuck versus Mm -hmm. sure okay you know you've got you know you've got Black Steel and the Arrow Rebel by Paws You've got all of those kind of huge tracks on there, but this has got some huge tracks as well. Oh, 
massive. And I think the issue was that they weren't the game changers that the ones on Nation of Millions were. Yeah. You know, whenever Realm Without a Pause came out, it was like, fuck. People were like, fuck, I've never heard something like this before. It was so uh, squalling and angry and, you know, yeah. just, you know, grip you by the face. And, and this, you know, the reason I love this so much is because they haven't that you know they haven't uh, fixed what's not broken mm. but they have tweaked it oh this is a progression it's fine tuned yeah. and, and it's like you know and the goal of this to leave fight the power until the end of the record oh, exactly the balls on that band yeah, yeah. i mean it's like your big your biggest single it's the theme song for do the right thing okay and you put that on last yeah what the fuck Oh man, but I would listen. But I tell you what, it was a great thing because I would always listen to this record till the end. Yeah, because I wanted to hear. I tell you, no, you know, okay, I will. I will do twenty tracks because I know track twenty is a killer. And every time that comes on, if I'm listening to hip hop in a shuffle, if I'm listening to it in a place, if I'm for some reason at a club, yeah, and all I hear is and yet our best yes. trained, best educated troops refuse yeah. to fight. As soon as you hear that, and you hear that, oh, 1989. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It's going to be fucking good. It is perfecting that. That's all. It absolutely is. 1989, that number. Another summer. Sound of the funky drummer. Music hitting your heart, because I know you got soul. You've gone for the fight the power. I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah, I can't. I can't handle it. I can't blame you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I again. I went through it. I went through like all of the lesser known tracks. I thought, oh, I'll give them a flavour of this. Right. And, and sure. then it's just like you know what? Fuck it. No, this is the one. This no, I get the... it. For for me, I've gone for what was the one that whenever I obviously fight the power, I'd heard that before. But the first time I heard this album, the one that made me just you know fucking jaw drop yeah. is Welcome to the Temple. Trouble on my mind, refuse to lose. Here's your ticket. Here the drummer get wicked. The crew to you to push the back the black attack. So I sack and jab and slap the Mac. Now I'm ready to mic it. Hear my favoritism, Rolo. Never be a brother like me, go solo. Laser Anastasia Major. Ways to blaze your brain and train you. The way I'm living, forgiving what I'm giving up. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's one of my favorites. It is, it, for me, that is a perfect hip hop tune. Yeah. It's, you know, that big. And then smack you with that really distorted guitar sound. Huge drums behind it. And Chuck going off on one yeah and and doesn't fucking stop he just goes and goes and goes and it's beautiful the, the bit as well where it's kind of uh, my home's your home and it dro- everything drops out welcome to the, the terror dog come on down get just, down oh man it is this is this is a, a work of art this album yeah it's perfect yeah and another one that I that one of the first ones I heard off this was again because someone put it on a tape for me was Burn Hollywood Burn yeah with uh Big Daddy Kane and Ice Cube. Yeah, and that's the, and that's the thing for me. I mean, that was one of the things I was most interested because I was going into this record. I was a big NWA fan, mm-hmm. and Public Enemy, you know, weren't my thing yet. So sure, yeah, Ice Cube on the record, Big Daddy Kane on the record. Yeah, get let me out. Yeah, and what verses they've got. I mean, oh. that song again. Just if you took it as an instrumental, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. But their verses on it, and it was you know obviously they're making a massive political point about Hollywood and how they sideline black actors and actresses. Yeah. So it's it's a big message, but it is also fucking hilarious in that song. The, the use of the little bit, no, today's preacher presentation, Driving Miss Daisy. Daisy. Yeah. They go, no, no, man. It's, it's, it's so fucking well I done. I got Black Caesar at the crypt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's oh, so good. man. Yeah. Even Can't Do Nothing For You, man. Yeah. Right? 
Because it was in the, it was in the House Party soundtrack. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, right. I, did, I fucking love House Party. <laughs> you never watch House Party? Oh, I've seen it, but I didn't see it at the time. Ah, at all. See, yeah. I, that, that's a film you had to see at the time. Yeah. That's not that's not going to have it aged didn't. well. Nah. When I look down this record, mm. right, I look at tracks and I go, oh, "Which one's that?" Because they're not necessarily tracks that I've put the names of, but then when I listen to the record. Oh, well, you know what? It's just a sonic. You know, it's this isn't a hip hop album, and that's a rare thing. I think. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I you know, this is a, this is a, a long form hit, you know, record where the track listing matters, the order mm-hmm. of it matters, everything matters. It's a complete piece of work. It's not a it's not a singles delivery sure. device. It's not padded out. It's not full of like needless skits. It's no. just a well crafted, beautifully put together example of a band at the absolute height of their powers and they'd never be this good again no no this is absolutely they were on the upward trajectory this is their peak yeah and, and you know I do love Apocalypse 91 I love the, the album that came after I know you're not as big a fan as I am but this is definitely the best they got yeah I, I, I think there are and I need to go back and listen to Apocalypse 91 again right because all it ever was was an anti-climax of a record with a, I mean, you know, it's got some of, I mean, it's got shut down on it. Oh, I was, I was exactly. Can I, I mean, trust it? By the time I get to Arizona, yeah, but a time I get to Arizona, what a chin mm. it is. But I mean, arguably, my favourite Public Enemy song of all time is that Pete Rock remix of Shut Down. Oh, Shut That's brilliant. I testify, yeah, yeah, no, that is Black people die when other men lie. Yeah. Fucking but, see the TV, listen to me, double trouble. I overhaul and I'm coming at a lower level. It's taking tabs, showing off stuff to grab, like shirts, and it hurts with the neck to it. Fucking, fuck I don't know what it even means, but it's amazing. It's poetry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, Ch- Chuck has never been fucking bettered in, for me in terms of MCs. I think he's the best. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, brilliant. Right. Okay, okay so, well, that to me is, again, not only one of the best albums of 1990. That's one of my favourite albums. Absolutely. I, I, I still would put that on. And that's, and that's the interesting thing. Like, I mean, I would put all three of those records mm-hmm. in my top three as three of my favourite albums of all time. Right. So whatever whatever else, you know, I think we can say reflecting back on the number one albums yes. of... Yeah, what we, that we've had to do. Yeah. It, it's certainly been a mixed year. It really has. Yeah. I've really enjoyed the shit out of it, though. Oh, God, no, I... It has been such fun listening to these albums, be they good or bad, because if they're good, you just listen to a good album. If they're bad, you've got a brilliant fucking foil to take the piss out of. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. reflecting back, what I hoped we wouldn't do when we come to this is just be snark for snark's sake. Yeah, right? well, indeed, yeah. And I hope that's not what we are doing. You know, the thing that I would hate to be thought of is someone that can't do a thing, so they're just shit, shitting on other people. For right, sure, right? yeah, I know what you mean. And that's not what we want from this. I hope people come away is that we, we're not taking the piss out of pop music, we love pop music. Absolutely. Love pop music in its form, and it only makes us angry when it's done badly. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, of the ones we've listened to, there has been something on every album that yeah. we've gone, all right, this one is worthwhile. Or Absolutely. these couple, whatever. Some more than others, obviously. But, well, yeah, I've, I've come away... I mean, whenever I do listen to the playlist that we put together of our nominations from each of those albums, yep. those are some good tunes. That's good stuff on that. Yeah. There's some less good stuff on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I would just like to take this moment as well, just to say, uh, you know, we say it on the intros, but never on the actual podcast, so, but just I want to say a massive thank you for... I, I've no idea who you people are who are no, listening to this. No, what the fuck? There are hundreds of you. I mean, and without a hint of false modesty at all, we genuinely thought we would be recording this and playing this for 10 people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought so, I'd know each of them by name because I'd known them for years. I thought they're just our mates. Yeah. I mean, I, I would encourage you, if you don't know us personally, please get in contact with the podcast and let us know who you are. Mm. Um, love to hear from more of you. We are going to take a few weeks break now. Yes. Well, uh, you've got a very, very busy month. Yeah. Ahead of you. And Krista, like, he, you know, he'll probably edit this shit out as well, but Krista does all of the editing for this, so it takes up far more of his time than it does mine. So if you like the way this sounds, it's really mostly Krista. If you don't, then, you know, it's also mostly Krista. <laughs> if you don't, tell me how to make it better, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, I, so we're, we're going to take, take a short break. We're going to start recording the second series soon. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully be ready to start putting stuff out again in a couple of months' time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we are now at the start 
start in May. Yeah. This will come out in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon by end of June, hopefully, maybe something like that. Yeah, let's hope so. So, we're, 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 but you know, um, who knows? I think there's uh, enough people that want to hear it. Um, guys, if you do like this, uh, obviously, we don't have adverts on the podcast. We don't have patreon or any of those things the only currency that we've got is reviews really at the moment if you do like what you're hearing it would mean a great deal to us uh, particularly as we're going to be taking a short break if you could go on to itunes or if you go on to facebook or any of those things leave us a recommendation leave us a review it does we are led to believe by people that know these things make a big difference in terms of how we're ranking uh, we've done much better than we thought we would this time and we'd like to carry on doing it for a little while longer we've got Nine more years of the nonsense. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I, thank you again once more for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we might have put some little placeholders out because I might have some shit to advertise. But we'll see you again in a few weeks, hopefully for 1991. Absolutely. It's and there is some fucking shocking shit in oh, 1991. Christ. Yeah, if you think any of the stuff that we had to talk about in 1990 was bad, and some of it was, yeah. 91 is a fucking next level beast yeah just out of interest if anyone has got any suggestions about how we do an hour's worth of podcast on an uh, Enigma record which is basically Gregorian chanting Ugh. do let us know Christ almighty anyway well, that's to be seen so anyway from me Dave Fensom from me Chris Greer. Uh this has been Pop Collaborate Analyst and catch you later motherfuckers bye Pop, Collaborate and Listen is produced, in the loosest of terms, and edited, if you can call it that, by us two amateurs, which is why it sounds like it does. If you do want to get in contact with us, and we would love you to, you can get us on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at pclpodcast, Instagram at pclpodcast, facebook.com slash pclpodcast, and you can find all of this info as well as links to our Spotify playlists and that sort of thing our website which is pclpodcast.com